Meanwhile, at the Hall of Cage. This is my snakeskin jacket, and for me, it's a symbol of my individuality and belief in personal freedom. Oh god, not the bees. Killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey. What do you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna save the fucking day. How absurd. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? How absurd. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. How absurd. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of your cell? How absurd. What's in the bag? A shark or something? How absurd. Well, I think you better pull the trigger, because I don't give a fuck. How absurd. I never disrobe before gunplay. How absurd. Hello and welcome everyone to Caging Greatness, your foremost Nicolas Cage-themed podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the color out of space and also about how Thomas Jefferson is a massive, insufferable prick. Joining me are my effervescent co-hosts, as always, recently returned from a horror-themed baking show called At the Muffins of Madness. Uh, we have my friend, Cannon. Yep, I am back once again with another Cage film. Going to find out if this film was the best of times or did it make us want to get gone in 60 seconds. Fuck's sake. <laughs> that was great. I don't care. That was fantastic. Hello, everyone. This is Phantasmagorical Path. All right. It's Slam Duncan Jonathan. <laughs> I didn't even have to say my name this time. Thank you, Justin. Oh, sure. Well, see, that's how I can get everyone rolling for telling their names by introducing you first because you're on my right. You're at my right hand. This is true. Yeah. You know, for those of you who can't see this, uh, which is all of you. That video podcast that doesn't exist. You just got to trust me on this. For the people that live in our walls, please stop watching us. Uh, Abaddon! <laughs> oh. So today, the most important thing we have to say is, why the fuck aren't you watching WandaVision? Yeah. Look. We're doing our weekly check-in. For God's sure sake. Like, are you okay? Are, are you... Uh, drinking enough water. Are you fucking watching WandaVision? Like, there's one episode left as of this recording, uh, and it comes out, if you're listening to this, the day it releases, tomorrow. So you got like 24 hours to catch up. It's like tw- like 22-ish, 20, if you watch it first thing in the morning. Time's counting yeah. down. So hurry up. There are people at work that actually stay up till 2 a.m. who have a morning shift the next day just to watch that and then just be like, hey, I watched it last night. I was like, well... I enjoy sleeping, so... Look, I wake up an hour early so I can get to the shop, lock the door behind me, pour my cereal, and watch the show without being disturbed. Is it WandaVision cereal? Uh, Unfortunately, no. They haven't made that yet, but when they do, I'll be buying a case. Oh, yes. It has to be, right? It's a Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I'm told that it's the taste you can see. I think if they made a WandaVision cereal, they would just repackage Apple Jacks. Yeah, you'd see that. Just recolor them. Apple Jacks, underrated cereal. No. Apple Jacks are good. I fuck with Apple Jacks. Yeah, Apple Jacks are really good. I love Apple Jacks. Yeah, it's a good time. Love the Kellogg's Matchbox 20 podcast now. 
They right. don't even get that bit. We were talking about Matchbox 20 before <laughs> right. we hit record. This is a deeply inside joke where yeah. uh, Ken and I enjoy Matchbox 20 as a band. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm mad. So we're going hit to record. No, <laughs> yeah, we're going to start I'm a Matchbox 20 podcast right at some now, point. Like this litany of spinoffs that are desperately <laughs> wanting to be made. I mean, we got a WandaVision at. What just waiting to happen? Mm-hmm. Matchbox Swing, Serial <laughs> Talk, Santana, Santana. Santana. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, Jonathan <laughs> spinoff of our new spinoff. Look, you wanted an all-you-can-hear podcast empire. This is how we do it. We just spam with content, and eventually something's going to catch on. What, let what let me these? talk to you about three hours about the beauty of Black Magic Woman. It's probably not going to be that podcast, but you know we'll <laughs> give it a shot. I mean, every episode is a new spinoff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cage, what our show is, it's just a different topic. Because right now, Caging Greatness, the show you're listening to, thanks all both of you, we have two dedicated listeners, one of which who I did hear was actually not thrilled with your Leonard Skinner bit. Oh, really? Yeah, but he also didn't care about Cher at all. So, you know. So he's on oh. my shit list. <laughs> and I uh, just want to shout out our friend Frank, one of two listeners. We love you. We love you, Frank. Hi, Frank. Yeah. <clears throat> can't, can't wait for you to come on for a certain episode in our future. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's going to be fun. We're going to have him on. Uh, he's a friend of the show and friend of the other show and friend of us. He's a friend of many shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, a friend yeah. of many friends. Right. Yeah, he's a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. So, The Color Out of Space. Yeah. Is the, <laughs> it's a movie. It it's, is a movie. It's a Nicolas Cage movie, to be exact, in case you don't know the show that you're listening to right And now. it is a Lovecraft movie. So for this particular yeah. episode, I will be taking a, a strange position. Not missionary position, but the position of... Doggy style. The Lovecraft fan, more so than the Cage fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a delayed reaction to your <laughs> doggy style bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad I always mark this show as explicit. We might get in trouble. Oh, you don't want to get in trouble for saying no. the F word. No. Fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. So. It depends on what F word you're saying. You gotta be, this you is gotta true. Be the the fuck me. word, okay? Fucking right. Pat has a gun to all of our heads. <laughs> I'm ready for some receipts. Y'all better <laughs> <laughs> so Color Out of Space is a fantastic movie. And we do want to put a little disclaimer in the beginning. Uh, we do recognize uh, that... H.P. Lovecraft was a product of his time, which means he was very, very, very racist and very, very misogynistic, also very classist. It wasn't just that he hated other races. He also very much hated anyone that wasn't upper crust New England. Yeah, he, he was capital B bigot. He kind of, as a human being, was a shit. So not even the lower crust. No, upper crust. Motherfucker. Right? I said so, that word again. So Sue me. We do recognize that. So everything we say in you know context of, I love Lovecraft, please understand that that means I love the Lovecraft work, not the person. Yeah. It doesn't matter unless you craft love. Because the work is enduring. Craft love, not war. <laughs> Just walking all over my gold here, Justin. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> I didn't see no gold. See no gold? (laughs) 
for the video <laughs> podcast, I did the Cena thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. For those, you know, two right. Alabama fans who don't like Cher. Don't worry, we're going to get to the movie at some point. But no. in the next <laughs> 30 minutes, we will. <laughs> but no, we just want to make sure everyone understands we are not endorsing the viewpoints of H.P. Lovecraft or anyone else. Like, if we ever talk about, like, fucking Kevin Spacey, he'll probably come up. Yeah. He used to be my favorite actor. Same. And then, then we found out he uh, he is a... Whoo, yeah. He sure nope. is. Big old pile of nope there. Yep. Uh, uh, but we can appreciate the work while still fucking hating the person. That is very true. Separation yeah. between the art and the artist is will be different for every person and every work, and that's okay. Right. Also, HP Lovecraft is dead, so that makes things a little easier. Right, and <laughs> also every halfway popular writer and or creative person, or really anyone from the early 1900s. And before. Yeah, was, whoo, they, they, they got some fucking issues. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, you say Lovecraft did not like the the lower crust, but mm-hmm. what was his opinion on Uncrustables? There's not a problem with the audio recording. This is just a stare down. And I think <laughs> I, I think a legit cricket started. <laughs> listen, listen. Gosh. Everyone, John. That is a cricket. That's oh a cricket my God, that was not That's happening incredible. until those words came out of your mouth. Now I will say there has wow. been a cricket stuck in this base before. It might still be the same one. <laughs> I mean, and, and he, I've seen him. He, he's huge. So even the universe didn't like that show. Hey, I'm sorry, y'all have no fucking taste. <laughs> no, no, John, I think it's wrong because I don't think Uncrustables were made for human beings. They're made for a creature that has no idea how to eat a regular sandwich. They must be Children, given a disc. Yeah, agree. Real sandwiches scare them. Oh, mm. ham and it, cheese it, it, Uncrustables. The Uncrustables. Oh, God, Ooh, that sounds that's, terrible. No, that's terrible. You want a Philly cheesesteak uncrustable. Oh, God. No. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> Just pure, puree a steak sandwich. Don't put no, that in the And make yourself an uncrustable. You. Well, well, at that point, just might as well just fucking baby robbing it in my mouth. <laughs> but it also oh, comes God. with a little little sippy cup of au jus. Color see, out see, of space. See, I do, <laughs> this seems like I do love a cup of au jus. It always makes me say, oh, just. Man. Because that's how it's spelled. That's how bad your joke was, Jonathan. I don't know. No, I, thought, I thought mine I was fucking hilarious. It was great. It's that cricket who has no taste. I'm mad <laughs> at the cricket, to be honest. Speaking of all I liked the Uncrustables joke. It was funny. But also, yeah. speaking of uh, horrors beyond human comprehension. Right. Children. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A child. The Color Out of Space. Starring Nicolas Cage, directed by Richard Stanley. Who uh, there's a documentary on Amazon called Lost Soul about the making of the island of Dr. Moreau because he was the original director of that before shit went sideways, Marlon Brando went crazy, and Val Kilmer went all the way up his own ass. Val, uh, Marlon Brando was exceptionally crazy. Yeah. yeah. But actually, a lot of the problems were Val Kilmer because uh, Brando asked for Richard Stanley based off of a, a shorter independent horror film that he did before. And so that caused Richard Stanley to quit movies for 20 years. Yes, a very long time. And this is his triumphant return in what is the first of a planned Lovecraftian trilogy. So, Color Out of Space. Movie is spelled without the U in color, unlike the story, for yep. those of you who are searching for it. Canon. Thoughts. Ratings. Feelings. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, my rating. I guess I will go ahead and throw this out there. I uh, of this round table, I gave it the lowest score. Doesn't necessarily mean I hate it though. I gave this movie three out of five stars. 
And, uh, you know, just to keep the bit going, I will read my letterbox review. Again, follow me there at that Canon guy. I'm, all of us are going to review it there for the most part, and you can join us on this adventure. You know, we've all reviewed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I basically said, when you want to watch The Ring, Evil Dead, The Thing, The Shining, and Cabin Fever, and then I remembered that Cabin Fever was a movie and got mad at myself, but you only have two hours. But uh, just off the, off the cuff thoughts, I thought it was a beautiful movie. There were times where, oh, again, thank God we like bit the bullet on that TV because it looked fantastical. <laughs> um, I got a little bit more of what I wanted in a Cage movie. I will say that. That was nice. That was very nice. It was a great performance. Um, uh, some things, you know, a little... Uh, just didn't sit right, you know. I mean, but you know, that's just nitpicky bullshit. We will get to that. That's the point. So, yeah, three out of five. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. Pat, yes. how about you? Um, my succinct review and letterbox rating would be three and a half out of five. I largely enjoyed the film. I didn't have any sort of make or break critiques. Um, it's just sort of like. I felt it told a solid story in a, in, a, in a compelling way. I don't really feel like super attached to the film. Like, you know, I, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I got to experience but I don't really feel like this will be one that will stick with me. But I think it's very much worth, worth the watch. And also, my eyes hurt after the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it was very bright. Yeah. Jonathan? Uh, I'm in a similar boat with Pat where I thought it was really fun. Uh, I can't even say just fucking gorgeous, but uh, I think I appreciate aspects of this movie than more than actually enjoying it. And I don't really have any major critiques of the movie. It just didn't grab me in the way, you know, some other movies have. Um, but yeah, I forgot my, I forgot Otto the octopus. He's not here right now. Oh no. I meant to remind you of that. I'm sorry. But if he was here, he would be very happy. He'd be on the happy side. And, and, and I also gave it three and a half. Sure. And in what seems to be a recurring pattern, <laughs> <laughs> my score is significantly higher. Uh, but again, I think, and this brings up a couple of interesting points, is as a dedicated Lovecraftian fan, like I've, I've loved H.P. Lovecraft since I was a wee lad. I was going to say small boy, but I've, I've never been small. But as a youngster... You know, that's when I discovered the, the Cthulhu mythos, and I've always been a big fan of Lovecraft's work. Not the person, again, please refer to yeah, earlier, yeah. but the work, <clears throat> henceforth referred to as Lovecraft, uh, more as, a, as an overarching noun as opposed to a proper noun. But I've always been a fan of Lovecraft, so this movie hit different for me because this is you a know, big part of the stuff I love. And yeah. what's funny is about scary movies, I hate scary movies. But not because of the overwhelming fear and dread. And I get made fun of because we watched Ouija once in theaters and I hid my eyes. But I maintain, I was not scared. I love being frightened. I hate, hate, fucking goddamn hate being startled. Yes, agreed. Yeah. 100%. Jump scares can eat a dick. They're so weak. And like, just I hate jump scares. Okay, like The Shining is one of my favorite movies. <clears throat> There's like two scares that qualify as jump scares, but even then, they're not like jump scares. It's not a fucking cat jumping out of the frame right before a ghost grabs you, or some shit, right? I hate that. 
but that overwhelming feeling of dread, the atmosphere, I mm-hmm. love it. I eat it up. It's so good. And so as a fan of Lovecraft, the work, not the person, this movie is so full of Easter eggs and, and references and that feeling of universal cosmic horror that I love so much about Lovecraft's work. That's why I rated it five stars. Somehow Justin five. gave it six and a half. I, Dave if, Meltzer over here. If like I could... Letterbox. But in seven in the Tokyo Dome. But if, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. if I could have hacked Letterbox to change my score higher than five, I would have done that. Of course. Uh, you know, I don't really have any critiques of the movie that aren't something that is supposed to be part of the movie. Like, the yeah. youngest kid with glasses, fucking annoying. But yeah. then his fate is terrible, and you kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was really fucked. And we will be discussing spoilers, but... Full spoilers know, ahead. For anyone who's read the book, the book and the story and the, the movie follow pretty much the same trajectory. There's a color from space that kills everybody. But, what, but was there a moment where someone turns the camera, the color out of space? Why did the color that had that killed everybody have to be so pretty, though? That was well, the just po- sad. The original point of the color, uh, and you get into the history before uh, we all talk about the movie itself, this was actually Lovecraft's favorite of his own stories. Ooh. And he wrote it because he, the stories of the time that involved aliens were so humanoid and understandable for aliens, he was irritated by that. He thought that an alien force should be, by definition, alien, impossible to understand. And so he wrote his own story about a mysterious color. A meteor shows up, something inside pops when they poke it, and then this weird miasma starts killing everyone. And that was the purpose of it. That was the first of his real cosmic sort of horror stories. Now, in the book... It was a lot more Thanos than Cronenberg. The color would suck the life force out of everything, and then everything would turn gray, crumble, and die. Sort of like the end scene of the movie where everything explodes and it's just gray. Yeah. It's just that in slow motion up till then. Like the weird body horror stuff, that didn't really happen. Now, it did mutate the animals to where they looked kind of funny, and uh, basically they, they, their faces were weird in the story. Yeah. <clears throat> like they looked more alien than they should have and the grass glowed a weird color and that was it. Uh, so there was no body horror mutations and whatnot. Now, uh, the, the farmer's wife, Nicolas Cage's character's wife, was found still alive, uh, gray and dusty and falling apart and crawling towards the farmer who found her, who then euthanized her. Story's pretty dark. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this movie is it's, really it's dark. It's pretty dark as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, despite being very purple and colorful. And flashy. Right. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so the color is supposed to represent an alien color. Like, they couldn't describe it. It wasn't an earthly color. It was a color out of space. Say the thing! Whoa. The thing! The thing! <laughs> he said the thing! And now, the cool thing is the opening monologue, where it's just showing the, the beautiful shots of the woods and the hills. Mm-hmm. That's actually taken straight from the story. That was quotes. Yeah. And then the final monologue when Ward Phillips, the main character of the planned trilogy, is standing on the dam is uh, paraphrased from the original because you know, they had to alter some words. They called it a reservoir in the, in the story as opposed to a dam, that sort of thing. Uh, so I love that they did that. Uh, the Miskatonic University shirt, the references to Arkham, Innsmouth, Dunwich, 
you know, all these, uh, like the girl owned a copy of the Necronomicon because yeah. Lovecraft invented that. It's everywhere now, but that was his thing. So all these little Easter eggs and bits, I'm just sitting there watching. Going, I know that thing. And I know that thing. I know all the things. <laughs> and it's Nicolas Cage. I was thrilled. I loved it. So five stars. I will say, Shim, um, what you actually just gave you. I did want to mention that Colt Wenzel could not be here for this one. Right. But they did want me to at least shout them out that they enjoyed this movie as well. <laughs> and they gave it four and a half stars each. I saw that. And I love them more than I love you guys. And I will uh, read Wenzel's uh, review saying, A colorful, beautiful, and easily a classic cosmic horror film. And probably Nicolas Cage's best performance to date. Disagree with that. The practical effects were great and was genuinely terrifying. Also, surprisingly, a really funny movie. My my head's hot. My ears are warm. Sorry, I don't agree with his review. I feel like that that might be an illness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Um, you might best have a, performance. You might have a fever. Yeah. And the only prescription is it's a more better ca- movie review. Wow. <laughs> Damn. I kid. Throwing I shots. I kid. Oh, come now. They don't listen to the show. No, they're just on it. All. <laughs> <laughs> well, not this one yet. No, uh, I, I would I would disagree in that best performance because, you know, there was just off the top of my head that time he won an Oscar. Uh, that one was better. Uh, but this was a, a really good Cage performance. This was like a first wonderful cage performance of the modern era. I will definitely agree with that. <laughs> I'm looking at sort of this timeline. Okay, we have, you know, the golden, the golden age, the silver age, the bronze age, the modern age. <laughs> it's not a bad way to look at it. I might make that up as a little chart. Put it on the soch. There's an I guess I'm going to have to watch more modern cage because... Oh, don't worry. I got to find the best performance here. I guess it would be like, what, like, by what best means you mean like his most like you know scene shooter shooter at you know performance like sort of his elevated you know yeah I, know, that's I, mean, gonna, I know it's all subjective that's gonna be mom know. and dad hands down like scenery chewing crazy performance is gonna be mom and dad for the modern oh, yeah, era for cage. sure then they had like a conventional acting where you know like oh this is what you know most people think with acting and giving like a very nuanced and emotional performance adaptation bringing yeah. out the dead yeah. You know, both of those, because, you know, Cage is nothing if not new. Believe it or not, left behind. He was the only good part of that movie. I mean... And we will be watching it. I know yeah. Jonathan's thrilled. I, I might be uh, conspicuously sick. I think week. I'm the only well, one here good. who hasn't seen that you one. You can chill on the couch and enjoy the movie. I'll come over. We'll, we'll have... We'll <laughs> Have no! bonding time. <laughs> John just needs a very sturdy drinking. <laughs> but no, as far as uh, acting, the movie was really well acted. Color out of space was uh, the characters were all pretty unlikable. Yeah, but that's generally the theme of Lovecraft and his work is that the overarching theme is that cosmic horrors and the universe at best doesn't care about us, and at worst actively hates us so you know life yeah yeah but uh in this case it's eldritch beings from pluto as opposed Mm. to life so it fits you're not supposed to like these characters yeah i will say like the 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 girl who plays the the daughter Mm -hmm. there there were moments especially early on where i'm like Acting's not great, but like it was never anything like 
that super took me out of it. Right. It wasn't distracting. She was she was good in the role. Yeah. She was an annoying teenage daughter. And that's what she was supposed to be. Yeah. It's like you can't forget that, you know, Oscar worthy performance where she's like, I want McDonald's. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was, was yeah, yeah. There was some, and then <laughs> there was, was some like, like, really? This is the, this is the thing. I mean, that we're sounded get like angsty teenager to be all like pissy about right now. I mean, that sounds I like I want an, nuggies. That's an angsty. <laughs> it's like, it's just like I, a full grown woman, damn near. Give me nuggies or give me death. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's that line from TikTok? I don't want this. Well, I want chicken, chicken nuggets. fingers. So chicken fingers. God, fuck you, mom. So yeah, I'd say it's a pretty convincing teenager performance. <laughs> like, how dare a teenager be like uh, getting under the skin of the general population? Because that never happens. Yeah. Nope. Never. Teenagers are all super well behaved, very yeah. soft spoken, well adjusted. But yeah, other than that, like, or at least for me, I thought the acting was pretty great. Well, how about that one scene where uh, the tomatoes have begun uh, to be nasty? Slam dunk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a fun scene. Like, just starts just. Taking huge Mondo bites out of each one and then just like slam dunking them in a trash can. It tastes like shit. <laughs> God, ah! that was so good. Yeah, that was. And then the car freak out where he's trying to get away and the car won't start. He just starts punching everything just in cock it. Sucker, cock sucker, cock oh, sucker. Yeah. Now, now, I've had many moments like that oh, in, in a too, car, sure, like yeah. just rage. That, that's me every day before I go to work. <laughs> that's what gets me excited for another one that I know we'll watch because apparently the director wanted him to channel. What he did for Vampire's Kiss, I believe. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's like, I've seen time. that one. I've seen bits. I'm excited for that one. That's well. going to be a good time. But I'm excited. Uh, well, how about like well, my favorite line delivery of anything in this movie has to be when Ward and the sheriff show back up at the house right before everything really goes to hell, and uh, Nicholas Cage covered in blood. It's just him because he's already locked his daughter in. With the thing we'll get to shortly, because that's going to be the crux of what all of us want to talk about, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he comes to the door, and he's just bloody and shaking, and exactly. The door opens, and uh, he's like, we've been having a hard time, and and his things haven't been going well. And he's covered in blood, and Ward and the sheriff is fucking horrified. Yeah, and, and, and then he starts talking about his family, that's... You know, just right there. Yeah, except they're totally not. Just watching yeah. And that. then there, there's a definitely good audience surrogate moment where Warden and the sheriff are just like, What? All right. <laughs> We're here now. That line delivery was my favorite. Yeah. Well, but, and like, I just, one thing I, loved, I liked about Cage's performance was the, when he would go in between the being controlled by the thing and not. And, and, like, when he wasn't, like, you know, it's Nicolas Cage, but it was fairly grounded. And then when, you know, things start messing with his head, he he turns into the more Nicolas Cage that we know and love. <laughs> I do think that that's a great way for them to include both sides of his acting coin. Like, mm-hmm. like the more, you know, conventional acting, and then the, because this, this force, you know, by its nature or not, it just makes people insane and him be able to turn up the cage of it all to do sort of his more, you know, what's the opposite of lucid? Manic. Manic. Yeah. Also, Tommy Chong's in this movie. Yes! Tommy Chong's in this movie. Yes! That character, that character was actually completely created for the film. I, I, can, I can see that. Yeah, but he was great. 
and the uh, the recording of himself talking about the color when they find his dead body. Spoiler. And, and then it's like all like yeah. distorted. distorted yeah, and that's shit. also taken straight from the original story. That was okay. a great scene. Yeah. That was probably my favorite scene of the whole movie. Oh, that, yeah, that, that, yeah, that started the last 20 minutes where everything really goes crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was a good time. So, uh, there's a lot of Cronenberg body horror in this. Yes, there is. And I, I do love me some Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. And like I said, in the original story, uh, when the color out of space uh, takes your life force, it you know turns you gray and ashy and you just fall to dust. Right? Like uh, so many other stories and things. Like it's a lot like Annihilation, how there's a... The movie Annihilation took a lot from the original story because there's a weird alien force that messes with stuff. Yeah. Uh, but like other movies, uh, Gears of War, I think it was, had that scene where you're going through Gears of War three, where you're going through a, a like a blasted place with a bunch of stand up bodies that look like they're from Pompeii, and you touch one and just crumbles, and you're like, oh, the horrors of war! I've got a chainsaw on my gun, <laughs> right? Yeah, because that was that was gear, the duality of Gears of War. <laughs> That'll be another spinoff podcast. Gears of War: The Duality of Man. <laughs> no, I thought it was going to be about guns with chainsaws on them. I mean, that's essentially what Gears of War is. So. I know, so that's going to be a podcast spinning <laughs> off of that one. Right, perfect. Yes. Also, uh, we, we have to have a short bit where we have little um, seafood reviews because the bad guys are called the Krill in that one. Are they? Are the locusts? I didn't have an Xbox. Look. I never played Gears of War. I just watched my buddy Rob play that shit. Uh, I did watch a lot of people play it. I never played yeah, it. Yeah, I never played it. Point is, uh, the color out of space turns you into the ashy thing that crumbles, as opposed to fusing you with your son into a horrific monstrosity that goes. Argh! Yeah, like, like that. That was genuinely hard to watch. The, co- the constant like gurgling and moaning and groaning, and I was just like, "This is a little unbearable mm-hmm. right now." But that was the point, like in a and, good way. Like, yeah, and it yeah. was, it got its fucking point across. And, and there's something about like the the. Th- like you described it, the Thano dust, like, I don't know, is a little disconnected. It, it There is a, as emotionally charged as, like, a little child being fused into his mom, into right. this eldritch abomination. Right. Well, and the original story, you know, the, the beats of the story themselves are pretty much the same between the, the story, the, the short story and the movie. Yeah. Uh, but they had to update a few things from modern times. Like, the farmer's name in the book is Nahum. I don't know how many Nahums you run across these days. I have a cousin named Nahum. Really? Yeah. Well, is he from Mississippi like the rest of your family? No. Really? Southern Canada. Really? Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so we're up to one. I don't know how many other Nahums you know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they definitely modernized the name. Right. Yeah. How long can I keep this bit rolling? <laughs> my fake cousin from South Canada named Nahum. <laughs> we'll have to have him on the show. Yes. It's I can't just, wait. It's just you sounding like Wayne from Letterkenny. Oh, now I'm super ready. Let's go. <laughs> we'll green screen it up. That'll be the, the first one. Like, oh. All right, Pitter Patter. Right, let's let, get at her. Letterkenny spinoff coming soon, like Pat said. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Point is, allegedly, uh, they updated a lot of you know the uh, the the accoutrement, right? The, yeah, like a lot. Flashy, of- but the story itself is more or less the same thing, except in the, in the story it's past tense. Like there's a Ward Phillips character shows up and he's interviewing uh, Nahum. He's like, hey, why does everybody think your land is cursed? Because in the book it goes over the span of like a year between mm-hmm. the meteor landing and everything going to shit. Yeah, whereas this, it's like a week yeah. at most. 
Yeah. <laughs> and also just seeing Nick Cage's disheveled ass on that newscast was just hilarious. <laughs> Nobody could give me a fucking comb? <laughs> what? So good. And then that leads to the, the wife cutting off her fingers. Yeah, like had oh. proper knife technique the whole time. All of a sudden her kid goes boo and she's like, what? Choppy, choppy. Oh, and just uh, there, there, there was a great reaction from the room because the, the whole house was. It was just like ah, when, she, when like her fingers get snipped. I was like, oh no. It's like that's what I do for a living. So I'm just like, yeah, that's the thing I don't want to happen. But again, proper technique until that little hi mom. When I watched this movie, it was actually the first like alone date I had with the the woman I was dating at the time. She came over to the house. We were watching the movie, and within the first five minutes, like we didn't, like there was nothing else happened. We were watching the movie. There was no hand holding, uh, as scandalous though that sounds. There was no anything else. We no, were, she tried. He, sl- he swapped away. No, no, yeah, like, no, no. Cage, cage, and cage is on the screen. Cage and engaging, like right. But no, like we just we just watched this movie and that scene. As soon as you see her with the knife, and the the music, everybody knows some shit's like, coming. You know, you know what's going to happen. And then when it hits, it's still just as bad as if you had not known it was coming. It's still just terrible because it's just slice, 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 slice. Fingers are gone. It's like, oh, no. And plus, like, this day and age, it's always 50-50 because, you know, more times than not, it would also be a fake out. Like, huh? Oh, no. Hi. How you doing? But no, this time, like, it happened. Totally mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Fingers yeah, and, and that's one thing I appreciated about this movie, and and I think movies are starting to get away from that. But like, you know, there for like the late two thousands throughout the twenty tens, it was just like, you know, you got your Insidious's, Conjuring's, just like jump scare after jump scare, and like like you were saying, it, it's not being scared; it's being startled. Yeah, and, and this movie definitely kept that to a minimum. I will say, Insidious was a lot better about it than some of the cheaper horror films. Yeah. Like, I actually liked Insidious. The jump scares felt earned as opposed to, here's a cat, fuck you. Yeah. Because like, there, there's only, like, I would say, a couple of jump scares. But even then, I felt like they would have been scary on their own if you got, like, a full chance to look at what was zipping across the screen. Right, like yeah. the full-on kid mom monster when she pops up in final stage mutation to try yeah, and murder the kid. People. Final boss shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, self-harm warning for anyone watching the movie. The uh, daughter does try to perform a Necronomicon-ian ritual and cuts herself quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was... Uh, ooh, mm, with a box cutter, that was... Yeah, not, I, I'm surprised not, she made it through all that mm-hmm. one, but, you know, movies. And actually, that scene, uh, and the Necronomicon in general, were put in the movie not as like a fun Easter egg just, but Richard Stanley said he put those in the movie because he wanted to show that even if you have some of your own powerful outside force like the Necronomicon, sometimes whatever you're fighting uh, is just going to fuck you up anyway. There's no getting away from it. You should either run, and if you don't run in time, you're fucked. That was the main purpose of what he did there, which I, I really appreciated. I thought it was cool. Also, we just uh, going to gloss over uh, the fact that what was the director's name again? Richard Stanley? Mm-hmm. Just loves the shit out of the thing. The fucking alpaca monster hybrid thing. <laughs> Ooh, that that was... This family had alpacas, by the way. Yeah. And they... They, it, it they was, milked it, them. <laughs> which was another funny fucking scene in that movie. You gotta be gentle with the uh, 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 boobs. I kind of think Nicolas Cage wanted to fuck an alpaca in this one. I mean, he wanted I mean, to fuck a pinball machine right? in the last episode. I mean, like, I think we're going to see something in every movie that he wants to fuck All that right, isn't we, like a person. We got to pay attention to this. We got pinball machine. We got alpaca. 
So, all right. Well, he wanted to fuck two down. things. He wanted to, he wanted to suck an alpaca's titty, and he wanted to fuck his wife. Yeah, just that's like true. They were getting like raunchy. I think he wanted to fuck his wife when his son was fused to her. I mean, he was really, really caring, but he was super out of his mind at that point. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to kiss my giant tumor wife and uh, get her like, blood jism mm-hmm. uh, on my uh, <laughs> but um, I will say there was a, there was a great bit that Cannon said during like the, the hanky panky cage scenes. Like, oh, we're about to see some raging caging over there. <laughs> hey, wife, oh, you ready to meet Lieutenant Cage? And also, like, it was implied in the movie that like she had just had like a hysterectomy, I believe. Right? Yeah, it's, it's something one of those ectomies. I forget yeah. exactly which one. Same. Yep. But um, then she like I don't know like thought like lower of herself because of it like felt like less of a woman for some reason I was like oh that's a, that's subplots here for some fucking reason mm. and then well, when you turn into a weird thing monster with my son as a human backpack with Nicolas Cage <laughs> just giving me the tongue punches with the the cheese peel from a Ninja Turtle movie spit <laughs> dribble. Ew! I'm worried Jonathan's about to puke on the soundboard. We <laughs> 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 have a live puke on the show. Yeah, it, it was it, it was bad. But like, the, there was also that they don't really pay much attention to it. But Nicolas Cage's character is very much even before it starts going crazy. It's like riddled with insecurity. Sure. Yeah. With you know, there's like all those inf- those references to his dad and he's like I'm not like my dad I mean to be fair that's to be fair, to be fair, to be fair that's pretty realistic for the times we're like not for someone that age probably uh, as much as like it would be for us well yeah yeah and, and, so, you know. and that was one of the things I appreciated about the movie like I, I feel like other movies would have dwelled on that more versus you know just had that as sort of just like accoutrement in the background right well because and richard stanley understands uh, that people watch these lovecraft movies and movies about things like this they don't care about the motivations of the family that's about to have their day ruined they, they just want to see their day ruined right they want to see yeah. their day ruined they want to see whatever it is that's about to ruin their fucking day and uh, how about those last 20 minutes where you see the color and it eats everything and everything goes purple and ultraviolet and that flash to the planet of the color out of space. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that was like, holy made of shit. worms and bones. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, I was, man, it's been a long week. I was super tired, and there was a lot of bright, flashy lights happening. Strangely enough, the scenes with the TV, like, you know, from Poltergeist was, like, flashing in my face. It was giving me the most trouble out of the whole movie, but... Yeah, if, if you're if you have difficult times with flashing lights and colors, you should probably be very careful watching this one, yeah. especially towards the end. Yeah, I yeah. normally don't, but apparently yesterday my eyes just gave the fuck up. <laughs> How about that? Uh, when the, right before Ward hides in the cellar, and you see all of a sudden the family Nicholas Cage is he'd been shot and he was dead, and then all of a sudden he's not so dead. And he's just sitting in his chair. And then the screen flashes and the whole family sitting on the couch yeah. with their backs to Ward, but all staring at him over his shoulder. That's fucking creepy. Like, yeah. that's a horrifying scene. I loved it. Yeah, that, that that's something straight out of the fucking Shining. But I believe mm-hmm. I also chuckled during that scene because that's when we got the line, You're dead, Nathan! <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I love that, though, because... 
if any one of us is in that situation, we're all going to sound like three-year-old girls screaming the entire time. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I think is so funny just as a general sort of criticism people have about horror. Just like, why do people sound so dumb when they're scared? Like, no one's dignified or cool when they're... Oh, yeah. Screaming. Like, like I remember there's a article that came out and, like, explaining the difference how men screamed in horror movies from like um, before the, before and after the Civil War. I mean, it's not the War, the World War Two. Yeah, in movies before the Civil War. Before War Where are my II. serials? Because like you have you have actors and creators that were like that lived through genuine life and death scenarios. They know what it's like to have like pit of your stomach fear. Sure. Whereas a lot of Man, movie now have like have like, have like a deeper more like, oh I'm I'm still trying to stand manly when I'm scared which doesn't happen right yeah I'm not worried about the octave of my scream I'm worried about the fact that I just shit my pants and I'm also terrified and the pants are not brown no I didn't wear the brown pants that's kind of like the same thing as uh, to a different movie uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy yeah uh, probably everybody's heard this story uh, when. <laughs> when Viggo Mortensen kicks the hell... No, I'm kidding. I'm not doing that one. Everybody knows he broke his foot. Uh, but no, when Saruman, played by Christopher Lee, is stabbed in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Jackson, only in the extended cut. Yeah, which is the only one you should be watching. Exactly. As soon as you're done with WandaVision, fuck you, watch WandaVision. Uh, but when he's stabbed in the back, Peter Jackson, the director, was like, you need to scream. And Christopher Lee said, I'm not going to scream. Do you know what a man sounds like when he's been stabbed in the back? Uh, Peter Jackson's like, no. And Christopher Lee says, I do. I'll, I'll take care of it. Yeah, because he was like the British secret forces agent. He was fucking James Bond. Like, like real life fucking James Bond. And then he was Dracula, and then he made like and metal Sith. albums. Mm-hmm. And yeah. He, he was a Sith. He was a and Sith. And a wizard. And, and I, I repeat, he, he made metal albums. Yeah. And they were pretty rad. He was also friends with J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee was a badass. Yeah, he, he was the only one of the cast who ever got to meet him. Well, it's because he was a thousand years old. Yeah, but the he point of that he is, he wrote the books. But no, the point of that is uh, that yeah, like like Pat said, you know, people who know how you sound when you're scared don't usually critique how people in movies sound when they're scared. You know, if I, I am, again am shitting my pants in terror, my voice can be pretty fucking high. Not like, oh no, I'm frightened. Arr! No, it's gonna be. Ah! <laughs> I would be wrong. So I'm the asshole, is what I'm hearing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, well yes, I, 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 I did mean, say it. Yes, but um, I mean, I just, I was like, I wouldn't call you an asshole, but if you wrote it down, I'd sign my name to it. Fucking like, <laughs> God oh damn! My God. Oh, what's that? Oh my God! I just tooted. Uh, my old PE teacher used to say that. Not what? the asshole part. Uh, like, like no, he said that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey kids, guess what? I just tooted. I just shatted. He he would always say because he was a Christian school. He's like, I'm I'm not gonna cuss, but if you wrote it down, I'd I'd sign my name to it. I thought that was funny. He's a good guy. I miss him. He moved to New York. So yeah, uh, you're an asshole. That was the point of that. Yes. Canada. Yeah. That's like why. Coach Vic. Yeah, J.D. Vick. Yeah. How the hell do you know J.D. Vick? I went to TCS. Oh, that's right. You did. like third grade. Yeah. Uh, I miss him. I need to call him. Sorry, personal reminiscence. Anyway, <laughs> color out of space. space. 
Nicholas Cage. It's color and it's from space. <laughs> they have a podcast where Jimmy just dials at people on his phone. He hasn't talked to <laughs> like, call it Reconnections. Yeah, that'll be the new spinoff that we do. <laughs> Reminiscing about old high school coaches. Because in Alabama, I don't know if you knew this, but you only need one party consent to record phone calls. That is true. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that- we just... We just we, uh, we record them live. It's like, oh, by the way, this is going up. To- <laughs> this is yeah. for our podcast. Your own, <laughs> your own speaker. We need the content. Say something funny. Uh, uh, who are you? <laughs> I haven't talked to you in 10 years. Blue skidoo, I shit too. <laughs> have you have you seen my cat G-Spot anywhere? God damn it. <laughs> that, 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 was a, that was a bit. You see, Tommy movie. Chong's cat was named G-Spot, and I have the actual quote here. I wanted the world to know this. Hmm. Um... Uh, Benny's cat was named G-Spot, and he said, wait, uh, Mark was his name, right? And was asking him about the cat? Ward. Ward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Whatever his fucking name was. Ward Phillips. Ward Phillips, the water guy. Um, <laughs> what? Come on. That's the coolest name ever. A pussy named G-Spot? It's totally hilarious. And I thought, like, the bit would be, like, well, you never, you never know where he is. She's always gone, or uh, I forgot the, <laughs> well, the gender of the cat. Well, the thing is, th- if... That was the case. The cat would be named the clit. Oh, waka waka. I do believe you do end up seeing the cat uh, when uh, Nicholas Cage is driving back. I at least I thought that was the cat. That was the cat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of a like blink and you'll miss it kind of scenario. But. What one of the two jumps here is yeah. also, like, another aspect here. of this film that I liked um, when Nicholas Cage was trying to call his daughter and. Um, uh, the opposing person would hear something completely different. Like, he's just like, hey, how you doing? But she's hearing, Aah! like, just screaming on the other end, like, faint screaming. Yeah. and but it was That like, was creepy. Yeah. And that's what I liked so much about the movie is that the original story, the first story, uh, this was the first one he ever did that had that cosmic horror theme. You know, this was pre-Cthulhu, pre-everything else like that. He had just done classically gothic, scary stories up to this point. But the movie introduces a lot more of that cosmic feeling of helplessness. You know, man looks up at the stars and all of a sudden realizes that they all want to kill him. You know, that sort of feeling. And the movie added a lot of that to this, you know, with the scene from the planet uh, that the color's from and just that general cosmic creepiness. But in this movie, they look in a well for the stars. They don't look up. That is true. Yeah, the well is also in in the book. I know, but the stars are down there. They're not up there in this universe. Yeah. Whale stars. Yeah. Star whales. Yep. Sung uh, to the tune of uh, Starman by David Bowie. Yeah, but it's sung by Ellen DeGeneres' Dory. Some little kid with glasses just like chilling the whole time, mm-hmm. looking at a whale. Yeah. God. And, and that kid, he, he's, he was in... Haunting of Hill House, right? Yeah. See, I've seen Hill House. I don't remember this kid for some reason. He, he's always that kid, and like child abuse is never okay. But I wanted to dunk his head in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should make you happy to know that in the book, uh, all of Nahum's sons, except for one, uh, there's three total. The other two go missing and are later found in the well. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. I did think it was funny that they kind of teased a little boy going in the well. But actually, it was the oldest boy that goes in the well. Oh yeah, and because like cause Nathan <laughs> has that really chilling throwaway line because you never see what happens to Benny after he gets sucked into the well. You just hear Nathan say, uh, "Yeah, Benny, he lives in the well now." 
Yeah, and that's yeah, that was creepy. As that's shit. ripped yeah. straight from the book too. Like a lot of the stuff they just took from the story, and I I love that because it still works so well. Yeah. <laughs> well, get it? Yeah. So well. Yeah, because you totally meant to do that. Absolutely. I always plan the words I'm going to say because I'm never caught off guard. Serendipity, never heard of her. Right. So uh, another funny bit from this movie. I think it was the funniest bit that uh, it was kind of a collab around the room. But the mayor was named Tuma, so that first name had to be Isnada. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> it's not a tumor. That's hilarious. That and it's funny. gonna be really great in my spinoff kindergarten cop <laughs> podcast, <laughs> which I plan on getting on the ground floor of. Like it's not even actor future. podcast anymore. It's just movies. No, it's just movies. It's <laughs> specifically. I mean, there's two of them, so I can uh-huh. do this. That's two episodes right there. Specifically, <laughs> kindergarten cop. I'm surprised you don't love the sequel since Dolph Lundgren's in it. I mean, I love Dolph Lundgren. That doesn't mean I love all the movies he's in, which will be a theme with Nicolas Cage. I love Nicolas Cage. It doesn't mean I like all the things he's in. I mean, this is true. I mean, there there is Left Behind. Yeah, that's... uh, Just to let all of you know, that movie is garbage. In case you were wondering. It made the originals with Kirk Cameron look good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love Nicolas Cage, but, and this might be, you know, a little early, a little premature, mm. but I feel like we're going to get a little more dookie than good here. No, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of middling. Uh, a lot of middling. A, a lot of high points, a couple real nasty lows. I think Left Behind will probably be the worst thing we watch, though. I, I, I feel, I feel I comfortable. I feel comfortable saying that Left Behind will be the worst thing we watch. Like, that will get... We'll have to find a way to break letterbox so we can do zero stars because half a star is not low enough. With that being said, you've already watched Left Behind. What did you give it on letterbox? Is ha- it uh, half a star? Half a star? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Half, because, because like, like, because the thing is, is with that Early movie. Early review. Or, or, yeah, yeah, preview this is a preview for Left we're Behind. Months away no, from no, this. Yeah, just quick preview. We, I gotta start drinking so I can watch this yes. bullshit again. It is that like? Even like a lot of like bad cage movies, like the Wicker Man, are fun. He or, knew what he was doing in Wicker Man. I mean, he was in a bear suit and punched yeah. a woman. That's fucking hilarious. It's great. But like this movie is not fun, and it's like it takes like a quarter of the first Left Behind book, which there are apparently like twelve. There's a lot of those books, or yes. at least nine that I remember. And 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 they elongate it to like an hour and a half, two hours and yep. everyone sucks and and there is a... <laughs> li- everyone sucks. No, the worst characters in this movie are just the random Christians that show up. Like, it made me sad to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah like, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like there, there is a, there is a, like, a bigoted little person it's and like, yeah. he was the worst. It's like, like, who is this fucking movie for? The Christians are the worst people. Like, I'm rooting for not the Christians. Like slowly, uh, uh, color out of space, like mutated into a Left Behind episode. We'll, we'll get to that <laughs> yeah. in like two years. Well, oh yeah, we, no. can, we can tell you who's <laughs> left behind at the end of the, the color out of space because there wasn't no. too many people that. Survived. It was just Ward right. Phillips. <laughs> oh yeah, Air, like it's like Walking Dead. Everybody dying. Well, the point of that was though that will be the worst movie we review of Cage. I feel fairly certain. Yeah, because I've seen most of them. And like my score for Moonstruck is going to be way lower than you guys, best because I don't like share. 
Uh, That's going to be the best movie we watch. <laughs> it's far from. No, anyway, the point is. Uh, Justin, snap out of it. Shut up. <laughs> he just doesn't believe in life after love. I don't. I don't. I don't believe in auto-tune either. Also, a little fun fact that I thought was interesting. Did a little digging. And apparently, like Nick Cage, Richard Stanley also went on a search for the Holy Grail. That does not surprise me in the slightest. I mean, if you look at his picture of Richard Stanley, <laughs> he looks like someone who looked for the Holy Grail. Yeah, he looks like if uh, Anton LaVey was a member of KISS. That is scarily accurate. But, but with more cowboy hats. I will not be able to unsee that now. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, no. Uh, but no. Lost Soul is the documentary about him and the making of Island of Doctor Moreau. Uh, it's mm-hmm. on Amazon, I think. Still, that's where I saw it. Mm-hmm. I think it's still there. But definitely check that out because <laughs> holy shit, that movie. That's that the, the documentary has been on my watch list for a while. I have to watch it. <laughs> it's a good one. There's also a Lovecraft documentary that talks about his life. Uh, they got Guillermo del Toro to be on there to talk about it, and it was really good too. Okay. And they don't shy away from his horrible, horrible racism. Yeah, like, yeah. this dude, he was an influential writer, but also a massive cunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because like the the edition of the st- the collected stories I have, it's like there's like a 15 page introduction. It's like, yeah, this guy was like stupid, bigoted, even for the time, really racist. Apparently, he did calm down in his later years, but not yeah, like, that's not I, by a lot, but by enough to match the rest of the society at the time. Uh, see, I, see, he was up here. Everyone's like up here. He, he they got him out right there. Yeah, like he was, he was started off at like a nine when everybody else was at a six, and then he slowly got down to a six. I just want to point out that I, I obviously have the least bit of knowledge about Lovecraft stuff. But that's why I was excited, because I knew Justin was going to explain it to me. I was going to learn some shit today. You can borrow this book I got if you want. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, there's like there's a lot of there's like, some good stuff in there. Yeah, and most of his stuff is public domain. So you can like that link I sent to the Facebook chat that none of you were a part of who are listening. None of you. None of you. And it's you can't pr- get in. It's private. You're not part of the elite. No, uh, the link I sent has a bunch of his stuff on there. Very easy to read format. It's definitely worth it. And you'll have to search uh, like a Swedish upload of it on YouTube. But <clears throat> about 2005, somebody did a silent film treatment of Call of Cthulhu. And it's really good. If I can find that link, I'll send it to you guys. But uh, okay. yeah, and to everyone listening, silent film version of Call of Cthulhu. You might have to do some digging, but it's really fun. It's kind that, of like that sounds cool. Um, John and I found that version of Pink Flamingos on a on a Russian <laughs> upload site, but all the <laughs> subtitles were in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is I remember that, but only barely. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, there might have been some liquids involved that night. Also, pink. They were drunk. Also, they were very, very drunk. See, Pat was like moderately drunk. I was, I was five sheets in the wind. Uh, pink flamingos. That is a cinematic masterpiece. You can't tell me otherwise. I haven't seen it. And you don't have to worry about a spinoff of that because we already did a John Waters episode. <laughs> we oh, did. The main show. I believe I walked in on a couple of interesting scenes of, of Pink Flamingos. <laughs> uh, if, I, if this is the same movie that I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, yeah. the whistling butthole to the bird is the word. Yeah, it's that. No, it's I heard like that John one Waters, from yeah. my room. I wasn't in the room for that one, but that was a long song. Uh, it is a really long song. Also, did you watch Rubber yet? 
rubber? The oh god, that was the last episode. <laughs> Sentient tire. I, I have it on my um, watch list. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll, we're going to get to it because that's right up your alley with your weird hipster indie bullshit. I, think I don't think John Waters is hipster or indie. Oh, I wasn't talking about that one. I just meant your normal weird uh, hipster yeah. indie bullshit. Yeah. So the color had cage in it. Fucking Dave Meltzer, seven and a half stars. And damn Tokyo right. Dome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're also doing a wrestling podcast next. Hey, you joke, but I want to do that. There aren't shit. enough of them. No, yeah. there we, really aren't. Yeah. Not enough good ones. That is right. Actually, there are a lot of good ones. <laughs> so to all two of you listening, if any of these spinoff podcasts sound fun to you, let us know in the comments or just text us because you're already friends with us most likely. Leave a review. Get us that engagement up. Yeah, le- leave a review on any of the formats where we are uh, talking about how funny, witty, and handsome we are. Because, you know... We need validation. Uh, we need validation. You know, I, I don't know... <laughs> We're uh, all depressed. I know. I know. Cannon's in a relationship, but I'm a very lonely man, and I'm sure Jonathan and Pat could. Yeah, you know, they'd probably like some companions. You know, talking about how handsome we are really talk us <laughs> up to your friends. <laughs> because uh, we we, uh, we can't do therapy, so we can we just need validation. Right. This is America. I can't afford therapy. I can barely afford these cough drops. I I know. I brought this up in the uh, Caging Greatness group chat that none of you are a part of. None of you. Not a single one. This is our thing. Get your yeah, own. Yeah, get your own Cajun Greatness group chat that's about this Cajun Greatness podcast. Group. Right. We will sue you for theft <laughs> of intellectual property. We'll sue you for theft. I know lawyers, damn it. But, but um, what if it's like Cajun Greatness, but they just like replace a letter or something? Like instead of G-R-E-A-T, it's like G-R-A-T. Well, then that better be about cheese. But what if it's about Nicolas Cage and cheese? I'm surprised we're not doing that right now. Honestly, Tune in t- next TM, week. TM, 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 TM. Cheese. We have like a board. No, the cheese episode. The cheese show is Liz's show. Like, hear me out. For Going forward, we just do a cheese, a Nicolas Cage and cheese podcast where every episode we have a different type of cheese you know fuck it i'm down we, i love we cheese a cheese with that will go well with what we're watching that's per- fuck i'm not why don't we do that now i mean it, it, well it, we don't have we don't have that much cheese right now I mean, oh that's fair we got to build up the cheese budget that right. pair of beer with matches i think we can do cheese and cage right. that is a real podcast beer with certain matches yeah what huh. holy shit that All right. is so we're gonna we're going to start releasing merch soon so that we can build the cheese budget. Yes. If you have any fun ideas for merch you'd like to see, just text us because you probably already have our contact information because there's only two of you that listen to the show. <laughs> We're big Leonard Skinner fans. Right. And also... Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner, yes. And real indifferent to share. Leonard Skinner. Anyway. Like, that's going to be my shirt. I don't believe in life after love. I thought of another... Um, movie that we need to do and that's another one I'm excited for was that said anything he's in is gung-ho damn right and I don't mean to jump the gun I know we're still talking about color out of space are we well I mean well, we, I we mean, pretty much said everything we need to say about color out of space yeah. at this we, point. We've, we've said things we've said a lot of things it's, I mean it's only the point of a fucking podcast, it's indescribable you know? really it's hard to put into words it's just something you have to see for yourself much like a color out of space because it's a color 
from space. Yeah, I <laughs> said the thing. I'm trying to picture a pie chart and like how much of it is the movie and how much of it is just us vamping. Does I, it really matter? Though? I'd say we're probably, we're at sixty forty. I think at this point. Yeah, I think we're a solid sixty forty. Oh, yeah. I, I would go and say seventy thirty. And you know well, what? I'm gonna crank it up to seventy because we have to do. Well, what movie were you talking oh, about? I've been interrupted 18 times, and I'm mad about it. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to tell you, because uh, you, you wanted to say the movie, and then you, I want to know what movie. I'm really curious. See, so, Cannon, what movie were you... <laughs> not only is he mad, but is he, are you pissed off and mad about it? I turned off my microphone! He, t- he turned off... the other microphones can hear me right All now. All right, he, t- he turned off his mic. Okay, okay. what movie, though, Cannon? Seriously, I'm curious. The death of Superman lives. What happened? Oh God, yes. Oh yeah, that's that, already on the list. Hell yeah. <clears throat> All right, good. Now, if you excuse me, I'm going to be over here pissed off and mad about it. But, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, thanks for almost hitting me with that stray bullet. You're welcome. Can't believe you just shot at Pat. Yes, I shot a empty water bottle at yeah, Pat. Te- so technically, that means that was almost a hate crime. Almost, <laughs> but not quite. Uh. <laughs> Did you guys know that Elijah Wood actually helped produce Color Out of Space? I did. I saw that on Letterboxd. Right? It's no. pretty neat, right? I, I, well, that's, that's one cool thing I found about Elijah Wood. Like, post Lord Rings career, he has more money than he'll ever get to spend. So he's been just like financing and producing like all these sort of budget and indie horror films. That's like mm-hmm. a passion he had, and that's just sort of like been his sort of trajectory of his career, just like doing these like small weird things, like. Sort of how like Daniel Blackwood has all the Harry Potter Harry Potter money, so you just I can do whatever weird fucking thing I want. All that Harry Potter money. I think I think the caller is sleeping into the basement. No, it still looks pretty dim in here. Is it the color? Or is it the black mold? Or is it the cricket who hated Jonathan's joke? Is, is if that cricket goes off again. Color is behind Jimmy. Mm-hmm. The Color Out of Space, starring Nicholas. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, on the co- subject of the color, I did find this cool fact about why this specific color magenta was chosen for the film. Mm-hmm. Because, like you know, in the book, it's just like it's just this color we can't describe. Sure. But the choice to make it an actual color magenta was that um, objectively the color magenta doesn't exist on the natural color spectrum because, quote, instead it is an extra spectral color. That is only perceived by humans when optical rods in their eyes detect red and blue colors interacting on specific surfaces and circumstances that make people th- imagine the color of magenta. Huh. That's interesting. So there's a lot of you know big brain galaxy brain that went into the making oh, of this yeah. movie. Well, Richard Stanley would have had an incredible career if not for Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando. I firmly believe that. Like his version of Doctor Moreau would have been fantastic. Uh, and you know, it's it's a shame that we got robbed of twenty years of whatever the hell he wanted to do because of Hollywood egos. Just watching the thing on repeat the whole time for twenty years. <laughs> Might have been. I mean, it's not a bad movie to watch. No, John Carpenter, Kurt Russell, it's great, great stuff. Yeah, it's a ten out of ten movie. Yeah, listen to the essential viewing episode of that film. <laughs> yeah, shameless plug here. Shameless plug. Shame. Where I was like not out of my shell yet, and I was still a little awkward about being on the show. <laughs> and I was really tired. God damn, I just got off work. No, to be fair, most of to us. Be are, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Most of us are usually pretty tired when we record these things. Yes. 
Because it is currently 9.33 at night. Yeah. yeah. And I know, like, me and Pat, we've we've already recorded an, another episode for our main show. Yeah, I, I was at the shop from 9 a.m. to 7. Then I came straight here to wait yeah. on you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, just another goddamn uh, parents weekend in T-Town. Which is every weekend, yeah, apparently. apparently. <laughs> Fucking 7 a.m. to 4, just cooking for the masses. It's a great fucking time and everyone can tell canon is just in in the best mood uh tonight he's he's super chill super calm not mad about anything at yeah, all my blood pressure is not high at all no well you know like blood pressure is sort of like oil pressure it's supposed to be really really high to the point of exploding right so my mechanic said i think that's right that sounds about yeah, right that sounds yeah, good I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cholesterol what's cholesterol uh it's that thing that cheerios help reduce Except for I add so much sugar that I'm sure it's not helping. Speaking of food, I'm going to take this all the way back around. You remember ages ago when uh, Justin brought up au jus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Au jus, yeah. Well, oh, just. All right. I'm going to tell a very funny story that has nothing to do with Nick Cage. Sure. I mean, but, that's uh, <laughs> the last half of the podcast. Yes. We said everything we needed to say. Go watch Color Out of Space as soon as you're done with WandaVision. And, yes, exactly. I mean, longer the better. Do it for the vine, right? Right. Uh, anyway, uh, Logan's Roadhouse. 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 There was this <laughs> table across from us. Uh, I, I'm assuming the guy got a French dip. Again, this is Logan's Roadhouse. 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 This guy Roadhouse. is just all of a sudden pops the biggest bone cone over the au jus and is just audibly screaming about it in the restaurant like, oh my God, compliments to the chef. This is the greatest au jus I've ever had in my life. Knowing good and goddamn well, some motherfucker in the back just opened up a bag of this shit and put it on a steam table. I work in the restaurant industry. I know what this steam tables are. <laughs> they, they, fuck it. they just put that shit in a microwave. Yes. And this dude is just he, he's, jizzing au jus everywhere because of the au jus that he's ingesting. God, he, he's just... I bet his pants are really sticky. And salty. Unless he ate a lot of pineapple. Oh! I was talking about the au jus. <laughs> but now we're going into semen territory. Rated M for splooge. That sounds like... <laughs> That sounds like the worst apocalyptic future ever. Like, hey, everybody be quiet, be quiet. We're in semen territory now. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, the Navy. The Navy's where this... What did you think I meant? You know, a bunch of just burly men on boats. Right, a bunch of semen. Semen. Like, we're in semen country. And Avenged Sevenfold starts playing for some reason. <laughs> it's like that one horrible... Can't you help me as I'm starting to come it's like, out? It's like... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it sounds like that one that one post-apocalyptic movie that had Rona Mitra in it and everybody was in like weird tattoo tribal face paint shit and it was called Doomed or it came out about the same time as Ultraviolet and everybody hated them both pretty equally. Well, but I definitely I, haven't heard of the, the one you're talking about. Yeah, I've got to look that up now just so I know what I'm shitting on for sure. Well, well, well she did bring up just like some random ass like ABC sitcom from the mid '90s where Heath Ledger Roar. was looking for the spear of Longinus. It's called Roar. Is Heath Ledger's first big role? The history of Longinus. That, what? That's what it sounded like. You said Pat Longinus. 
if, if you have a longinus, please consult a doctor. Man, that long a whole, whole new meaning to the slapping meat. <laughs> <laughs> what have we become? <laughs> well, I feel like all the burping off the road is very uh, apropos considering the the content we were, we were originally talking about, where we started off normal and just by the sheer presence of this external force, we had driven us into madness. <laughs> it was called Doomsday, that Rona Mitra movie. It was Doomsday. It was the, it was the same guy who did The Descent. I hated ah! that movie. Uh, and it was, it was not well received. I can imagine. I watched it, and I vaguely recall that it exists. Speaking of post-apocalypse, does y'all remember that movie called The Bad Batch, where Jason Momoa is a cannibal? I hate Jason Momoa. With a burning passion. I didn't watch oh, he's that a cannibal, one. and he's a good guy. I hate all of the things that you just said. Uh, yeah, and Keanu Reeves has like a uh, a fucking harem, like a sex cult. Yeah, a sex cult. So they just switched the two guys in the roles that they should have, minus the cannibal part. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's what they did in fucking Aquaman, spawning from the, uh, well, the episode bad badge. of the Nick. <clears throat> Directed by the same uh, the same lady who did uh, Girl Walk, Walks Home Alone at Night. Mm, I still haven't seen that movie. I read the comic book and it was garbage. The movie is just okay. It's pretty, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. And the soundtrack's kind of cool. Well, like also, I apologize for interrupting <laughs> you. No, 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 no. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's no, like no. A, like a bunch of dudes sitting on a feminist icon movie. Just... Uh, I mean, I appreciate it. It's for just the most part, I'm not going to kill anybody. It's all for content. That out of you. Yeah. <laughs> going to put that in the Damn, theme song. I'm just digging that hole, aren't I? <laughs> Jonathan is <laughs> digging a hole. With it just occurred to me. I, I really right do hope that you turned your mic back on. Oh, I did. Don't worry. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that was good as because we have that no editing rule. That was going to be a real shitty you ten remember, minutes. Remember that time I just turned my mic off because Justin wouldn't let me get a goddamn word in. I know this is your show, but fuck off. <laughs> no. Roadhouse. 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 So yeah, Aju and Splooge was everywhere. Sure. Yeah. So this is exactly what you want in a fine dining situation. Logan's fine dining. <laughs> For here it is, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, no, sadly that's true. Yeah, on my birthday, I found a uh, a piece of a wire brush that is used to clean the grills they use in my birthday steak. Yeah, that's uh, that's your toothpick. No, they were just thinking of you. I got about halfway through this fucking steak, and there's a long piece of metal right there. Did you cause a ruckus? Well, my dad did. Good, and we granted, you know, we all. Wasn't really a ruckus. He was just like, "Hey, it's his birthday, and he just found this big ass piece of metal in his food. All the food." Was I feel like it wouldn't be okay even if it wasn't your birthday. Exactly. Like it right. wouldn't be okay like for anything. Like fuck my birthday, I still could have died. That is, yeah. That that. I mean, I don't know. Like when I went to cut the steak, when I'm like, dink, dink. Uh, what the fuck? That's not the plate, and it's just metal. <laughs> but the funny thing was, like we like whenever they would go out to eat, and I would go with them, they would like still go there. I'm just like. Eh, I mean, I don't want to get more metal in my food. Yeah. Hmm. But was the, other than the metal in the steak, was it good? I mean, it was I didn't stop eating until I found a piece of metal in it, so I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did they at least cook you a new steak? No. 
Oh, I was like, no, they're no, like, you can take that metal steak home, though. They're like, no, 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 you're gonna go cook <laughs> me another one, and it's gonna be free, or I'm calling the news. Calling the fucking news, and not not just Huey Lewis. I'll call Huey Lewis too. I, I technically work with the news, kind of, sort of. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but not really. <laughs> I just do customer service. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Man, needless to say, the newspaper business not doing so hot. Spoiler. <laughs> You know who had a lot of Nick Cage freakouts today? Me at work. I can believe that. Sure, yeah, that's it fair. Sucked. I cooked a lot of things today for a lot of people, and and a lot of people who probably need to stay home because we're still in a fucking pandemic. Oh, yeah. and, and go back to Washington, Karen. You yeah. stupid. Like I don't home. understand why. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, fuck it. Like it's gonna sidebar. Like hometown rant, like local rant. Like the last twenty minutes have been a sidebar. You're yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, okay, this happened last year. Multiple parents' weekends for all the students, mommy and daddies, to come and see how they're doing. Yeah, I bet half of them is just an excuse to be like drunken degenerates, like their kids oh, at God. the local bars here in town. I've had many horror stories of just like being on the strip for some reason like there was one time we went to the waffle house on the strip because it's objectively the best waffle house and you know we were no one was drunk we were just you know minding our own business eating our waffles having a grand old time and then this group of like 50 something year olds like older people i was gonna say 50 something year olds or a bunch of 50 something year olds uh, they they were boomers. Let's okay, just gotcha. say that. Yeah. <clears throat> and they just come in and they just start screeching. Not anything. Just full pterodactyl. Yeah. Just and, and then apparently they knew someone who was else who also was in the Waffle House and then they started screeching. It, it started like a fucking uh, cacophony. A cacophony. A cascade of screeching and. Uh, the fucking chef who was fucking champ. Oh, love you, dude. Just turned around and said, hey, y'all need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think that's probably a good note to end on for this Color Out of Space episode uh, where we were all slowly driven into our own personal madnesses. Except Pat, who's just fucking surfing the internet at this point. Yeah, Pat, Pat, Pat I don't blame him. Chill. Yeah. We're fine. <laughs> <Get a> ride. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure he's heard all of our bullshit at least once by now. But it's new to you guys who will never be on the Cajun Greatness Facebook chat. But it's cool. We still love you. Drop us a fun review. Talk I see about why how people handsome. don't listen to us now. <laughs> Do you mean the show or in real life or both? <laughs> uh, both at this point. <laughs> now, we have at least two listeners that I know of, and we want to thank you both very much. Yes. Hi, Frank. Hey, Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank. <laughs> we'll be talking to you real soon. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to bring you on on the spinoff podcast, the Stacy X Hour, which is only. <laughs> which. Is going to be a, a solid forty-five minutes mm-hmm. of <laughs> shit talking the uh, greatest X-Men character of all time. Whew. Can we also do an episode Snake where we talk about Dazzler lady. for forty-five minutes? Hey, yes. you go to hell. <laughs> you do your own fucking Dazzler show. Uh, we want to thank you both for both of our fans for listening to again. Thank you, Frank. tonight's bullshit. <laughs> uh, to anyone who happened to be finding us for the first time, please refer back to Willie's Wonderland or uh, episode zero, or any episode after this one, 
will likely be much more coherent and entertaining. Uh, don't count on it, though. <laughs> I mean, we can hope. Please, God. Anyway, thank you for listening. And uh, we're going to do our plugs now. So please listen to the plugs. Find us uh, wherever you're listening or other places that you can listen. We're on Apple or Spotify, Google, TuneIn, uh, SoundCloud. Give us fun reviews. Talk about how handsome we are and uh, how funny we are. Uh, you know, It's fine to lie in certain situations, so don't let that worry you. Has Frank given us a review yet? No. no what? The, the only review we've gotten on any platform is on Apple, where someone gave us five stars and said we were all very handsome. And uh, it was you. It, it was me. It, it was absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking lutely me. So you three need to talk about how handsome we are. I don't have an iPhone. Uh, okay, well, go to the Amazon one, or, or no, sorry, the Google one, or the Tuned In, or the SoundCloud, the or the Spotify. No offense, Tuned In, but what is that? It's another platform. It catches know. it. It was on the SoundCloud list, so I was like, yeah, fuck it, why not? Okay. So, Cannon, where can the two people who listen to the show find you? <laughs> well, uh, Frank, I just want to remind you <laughs> that I'm that Cannon guy. You can find me at that Cannon guy on Letterboxd, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the Old Testament. It's all the same thing. You can find me there. I don't think that's accurate, but whatever. It, it's, it's, I mean, when I write it in the Bible, it's accurate. That seems... Sacrilegious, but you know it's cool. I mean, the record marker. He just goes to the Gideon's Bible and, and hotels me like Cannon was here. <laughs> yes, you caught me. Signs the interior <laughs> the of the Gideon Cannon Bible. Sixteen says, "Oh no. my, you know what? That's oh, happening no. at every hotel from now on." Pat, thank you. Please don't do that. We discourage our viewers and listeners from doing that. No, right. y'all do whatever you want, live your life. But you know, Cannon three sixteen says, "I just wrote in your Bible." <laughs> Take that, Ramada in. We're going to get so many fucking complaints. <laughs> no one's going to talk about how handsome we are now. Roadhouse. I'm sorry, Roadhouse. Frank. I'm so sorry, Roadhouse. <laughs> Pat, uh, if you want to give your information now, or if you don't, you want to just stay uh, anonymous for this <laughs> one. I'm sorry, Pat. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening to this. We hope you had a good time. Uh, I think we did too. So you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at John Lost His Name. My name is Jonathan. You can follow me at Twitter at jwinniboi24 and John Johnson12 on Letterboxd. I am Justin. Uh, you can find me <clears throat> anywhere you see Captain Shimmy online. You can find me at Captain Shimmy's Kind of Art, Captain Shimmy's Almost Music. Uh, you can find me at the comic strip uh, in Tuscaloosa, which has no legal or moral ties to anything said on this show. The store remains neutral. <laughs> uh, Captain Jimmy on Letterboxd also, I think. I don't know. I barely remember signing in. Uh, and again, please, uh, we want to say thank you for listening, and, and please leave us reviews, likes, shares. Uh, you know, we're going to start name dropping other people that I know listen to the show, like Alex. What's up, bud? Miss you. Come back and visit us sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pearson, don't repeat anything we say on this show. You're still too young for that. Not a drop of it. Stop it. Uh, and just, you know, thank you everybody for listening. And again, please talk about how handsome we are. And we hope to see you uh, on the next show. Please come back. I promise we're going to try to make it better. No this is the best episode. <laughs> no promises. No, no promises. No promises. But you know, even if nothing else, just like we always tell our listeners, 
Tonight, we didn't let anybody cage our greatness. Thank you, guys. Good night. Good night. Roadhouse. How absurd. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box?